It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm David Lund, host of the Talk LP Podcast, where loss prevention goes unscripted. Today on the show, I've got a very special guest. Probably never heard of her, but that's okay. Special in many hearts, Mrs. Amber Bradley. What's Amber, up? how are you today? I'm good. What's going on? I because, love your podcast. You know, I listen to it all the time. Oh, thank you so much. You know, both of you have been instrumental in me just launching this thing. So I'm really thankful for you and whoever that other person is. <laughs> I, idiot123 at AOL.com. So anyways, thanks very much. Hey, I don't know where you are. Probably Nashville, right? Yep, that's right. It's all right. Well, so it's five o'clock here. So I'm going to enjoy a little. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> tangerine. I didn't know you. It's Tangerine LaCroix. Ah, oh, perfect. I was going to I was going to reach into the fridge behind me here. <laughs> don't feel free. Go right at it. It's really, it's really great to have you on the podcast. I've been trying to get you on for years. Um, yeah. So thanks for finally agreeing to do so. Um, glad to hear you didn't crash your electric bike somewhere around Broadway, uh, bar hopping down there. So I'm glad, really fantastic just to have you. I thought we'd get started with just a little bit of a warm up, something I call the terrible 12. How's that sound? Oh, sounds delightful. I'm going to ask you 12 rapid fire questions. You know, just answer with what comes to mind. How does that okay. sound? That sounds right, good. I'm, I'm ready we for prefer it. The, we, we prefer the truth. So just bring okay. it. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Let's do it. Because we are in the truth business. Okay, yes. Amber, what was your first car? Uh, Mitsubishi Eclipse Red. It was a hot car. Big deal. Big deal. Was it yes. a hatchback, two door, four door? No, it was a two. So two door sports car. It was oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah, wow, that was, that was the deal. Car? My parent, if I got a scholarship, full ride to college playing tennis, which I did, they bought me a car. So they bribed me, and it worked. Look at that. We're already learning something about you. You use scholarship to play tennis. Yes. Do you still play tennis? No, no. Oh. Yeah, because I remember how how good I was and I'm competitive, so I can't be terrible now. That doesn't work out. So like 7,000% of the world play, picking up pickleball. Have you played that yet? I tried it because I, so I watched it and thought this is a ridiculous sport. This is ridiculous. This is for people who really can't do anything. Then I played it and I was like, okay, all right. Much more respect, mad respect for the pickleballers out there. I will say that I beat both my, both of my parents. They were on one side, I was on the other for my first match ever. I'm stoked. They are 75, but that doesn't matter. Right. On. Well, good for you. Well, if you need pickleball or anybody out there needs pickleball, you can go to Dick's. I mean, perfect. I th that is where I will go to get my pickleball rackets. Appreciate that. Thanks so much. All right. Next question. Miracle Whip. Yes or no? No. Too many calories. Oh, mayonnaise? No. I love it. I love the hell out of it. But okay. I mean, come on. You wear that. Moment on the lips, lifetime on the hips. <laughs> right on. Okay. Speaking of that, favorite cocktail. Oh, gosh. There's, so I love a good cocktail, good craft cocktail. Um, oh, that's tough. I would say, ooh, I'm into the mules these days, yeah. like any type of mule. I love that little silver cup gets real cold or whatever it is, that copper. I love a mule. I'm so kind of into the mules. The mountain, mountain mule? 
I don't know. Is that a real thing? It is. It is. No, but I'm trying. So any any place we go, I, I see what kind of mule they have. I like it. A little ginger beer going on. Big fan. Right on. Okay. Copper yeah. cup, ginger beer. Yeah. And some Why not? kind of delightful liquor. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Beach or mountains? Beach all day. Florida girl. Grew up in Orlando and just love the beach. Love it. Calm, relaxing. Big fan. Do you have a favorite beach? Ooh, St. Augustine Beach. We have a house in St. Augustine, which I just absolutely love because I went to school in North Florida, right? So it was only an hour north. And so we'd always go down to St. Augustine. It was like a secret back then. These days, blowing up. Everybody loves it. And it is the oldest constantly inhabited city in America. 1565. St. Augustine? Yes. Get out. Yes. It's a, it, there's a caveat with the whole constantly inhabited. That's a big deal. But 1565, historical city. Google it. It's awesome. St. Augustine Beach. Look it up. Yep. Look it up. Right on. All right. The ice cream flavor you can't stand. Oh, probably anything mint or anything that involves fruit. I don't understand that. <laughs> so yeah. strawberry chocolate mint would not be good to you. No, no. Disgusting. I don't need a ton of ice cream. Probably a cookie dough or salt, that salted caramel thing they got oh, yeah. going on. I yeah. It. I but yeah. It. I'm, I'm on a coconut tip with my own ice cream these days oh, yeah. coconut in it i don't know you know you could be turd coconut and i'd probably like it well you should invent that flavor i like the sound i don't of think so not not a thing <laughs> all right so the very first concert you ever went to new kids on the block you've heard of them right <laughs> yeah and i see that they're still out there trying to do things they That's are they, they actually have a cruise that you could go on a cruise with the new kids on the block, which is nuts. I'm not a big, so truth be told, if this is what we're doing, I'm not a big crowd fan. I don't like drunk crowds, as probably most LP people don't, right? I don't like drunk crowds, so I'm not a big concert goer. But if you ask me my most recent is Kenny Loggins' farewell tour. Get out. He's not nope. going anywhere. He's Put not going Danger Zone. Oh, look, it was incredible. Open air theater. Kenny Loggins. Who, who corner? Did he play that? He did play Poo Good for they, you. You're a fan. He, uh, he's like 80 years old and it was incredible. Uh, yeah, big shout out to Kenny Loggins. But Danger Zone was my big, like, pump it up song before I went on the court, you know? So you had to hear it in person. Danger Farewell zone. tour. Yep. You and Maverick. All right. That's right. <laughs> Early riser or night owl? Oh, night owl. All the way. All the way. I would much rather stay up till three in the morning and then sleep till 10. However, like most productive human adults, I'm unable to do that. So yeah, as I get older, I'm starting to wake up earlier, but I prefer late night because it's quiet. You know, my phone's not ringing. Things are just like my brain starts working and people are like cut. I got an email from you at midnight. You must work all the time. I'm like, no, no, I was just sleeping, you know, until. So here's a secret. I'm the opposite. And your phone doesn't ring at three o'clock in the morning either. <laughs> I will never know that fact ever. Well, you say you're going to bed when I'm waking up. So it's all yes. good. Yes. Too I love that question though. Definitely night owl, big night owl. Do you have a favorite day of the week? Uh, Thursday. Why? Yeah. Cause then Friday, everybody loves Friday. But Thursday is like that anticipation, right? Plus you're wrapping up the week. Most of the time I try not to schedule a ton of calls on Friday. So you're like getting your stuff done. I'm a big fan of Thursday. A lot of audience on Thursday. So Thursday, you're like a Thursday because everybody else likes Friday and you don't want to be like everybody else. 
<laughs> Maybe, but Thursday's just, you know, it's the unsung hero. Everybody's going to hump day. Like who gives a shit? Who gives a shit about hump day? We <laughs> want, we like Thursday. I, you know, you I go. can go with that. I like Thursday too. Yeah. I, I, I like your rationale for Thursday. Do you yep. have a favorite month of the year? Ooh, probably October. There's one October, right on. I'm a September yeah. person. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah. So I, I spit out October because I love the weather in October and I'm a, I like Halloween kind of ish. Like, but if I had to go, it'd probably be early September because that's when the U S open is. And that is one of my most favorite places to be in New York. Louis Armstrong Stadium, U.S. Open. My One of my favorite places in the world. I stopped watching lacrosse years ago, so I <laughs> don't pay attention to that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. What was your very first job where you got taxed? Oh, I worked at the Limited. Okay, right the on. The clothing store, yeah. Thank so you. it no longer exists, but yes. Yeah, so I started out, <laughs> this is ridiculous, how am I, why am I saying this? I started out as a mannequin model at Limited. They paid me to stand in a window frozen. Get out. Yeah. You haven't heard of this? Never. You stand in the window frozen and then it gathers a crowd because people are like, is she real or whatever? And you're wearing the most, you know, the latest garb. So then I went into a more normal thing when they were like, okay, we're good with that. I was like, no, I like the money. So yeah, I was a sales associate at the Limited. Killed it. Killed it. But yeah, it was fun. I can, fun. I can totally see retail. that. Mannequin model. Like I've seen that kind of thing in street performers, but. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I've never I, seen it in a window. I'm telling you in a mall, right? Uh, think about the traffic in a mall. It's perfect. I don't know why people don't get that back in there. Well, because they have these things called mannequins now that they don't have to pay. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They're lo more low cost. And they're probably smaller. Yeah. I get it. That's a good right. question. Though. Favorite vacation destination, not in the United States. Oh man. If I could go tomorrow, I would go to Florence, Italy. Big Ooh. fan. Anywhere in Italy. Okay. So favorite thing about Italy, what makes you want to go back? Oh, the people, the food, the everything, everything, the architecture, there's these little plazas everywhere. You just find a good spot in the middle of the city and you just walk. Yeah. And amazing. you get, go on toursbylocals.com and you can get a person that will give you a walking tour that lives there. And so you get a walking tour all over the city of all these things that you never would see if you were like on the tourist bus, right? So anywhere in <laughs> I Italy. Make, I it. bet they make it all up. You just don't know yeah. about it. <laughs> They might, but they sound incredible. All right. Last of the 12. Okay. What's the last TV show you binge watched? Oh, this is uh, scary because it's trash. It's trash. Um, married at first sight. I don't even know that. Yeah. They get two people. They meet at the altar and then they follow them around for six weeks and decide if they want to stay married or get divorced. But I left out the main part. The main part is experts. These psychological experts put them together. So there's some logic to this thing. But I don't know. Watching stuff like that makes me feel like, you know, there are other people in the world that's lives are just ridiculously crazy. You know, it's make, like, oh, okay. Does it make you feel better when you watch that? 
it's just weird. It's one thing that you work all day, right? And your brain is just taxed. You can sit on the couch and just let that just wash over you and be like, oh my gosh, look at this. Look at this. Too but funny. yeah, married at first sight. I don't know. Everybody's telling me Yellowstone. I just can't get into it. I don't know why. Hey, it's real. I like that show. It's pretty good. I, I don't, know, I I don't binge it because I don't want to, I don't want it to go too fast. So I, <laughs> you I have ra- control not to binge. I ration it. I ration it. Oh, I'm I don't think I've the- seen the last episode of the first season. <laughs> You're the only person in America that's rationing that has been watch- binge watching. I can appreciate that. A lot of self-control in that. Good for you. At least one thing, right? <laughs> All right, let's switch gears. I want a little. I want to know a little bit more about you, oh. and uh, and how and how you came to be for all of us. Oh. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get into marketing? How did you get into the media work that you do? Um, and and then and then how did that lead you to the loss prevention industry? Like how did how did Amber get going? Yeah, after crazy. her full ride tennis scholarship. Yeah. I won't start when I was eight because I think everybody will turn this off. But um, yeah, so always loved communication and messaging. Big deal um, for me. And, you know, majored at UNF in um, public relations, communication, journalism. Thought I would might be a journalist um, and then didn't know what I wanted to do when I graduated. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get my master's degree. So I went to Georgia State University, downtown Atlanta, got my master's in marketing, communications, a little bit of journalism in there. And then I started um, doing PR work, marketing work, messaging, that kind of thing. Fast forward to had a technology company approach me and say, we've got this technology that we think is awesome. We want to sell it to loss prevention executives. And we want you to figure out how to do that. And I was like, ah, cool. Okay. So started in LP, like going to the conferences, meeting everybody and um, selling this software. Come to find out, it was vaporware. Didn't work at all. And then they were like, after I closed my first big deal, they're like, oh, yeah, so hmm, this doesn't work. I was like, oh, super. I've made all these relationships with people who have trust issues. And now now here I am selling them something that doesn't work. So I was like, okay, bye. Um, but it was a beautiful entry into the LP world because I fell in love with it. I know um, met Brett Ward was one of my first conferences and he offered to um, send me to a class that Wayne was doing. So, so I've done my WZ basic, just so you know, and it was one of those things where it's just incredible. Right. So I was like, okay. So um, then went to work for LP magazine for a little bit and I ran their awareness part and did lots of stuff for the foundation, doing marketing stuff, had a great mentor in Jim Lee. Um, and learned a lot, met a lot of people and just fell in love with the industry. Uh, Then decided, you know, time to do my own thing. And I was never really good at the whole like politics thing. Like, let me hire somebody and let's, you know, the whole family business and all of that. Never super good at it. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start my own thing because uh, why not? So did that 10 year anniversary of the calibration group this week. Yes. 10 years feels like 20. I think I'm aging. I'm aging faster. But (laughs) what's really cool is this, this company, I feel like is not just um, gives me financial freedom, but also, and and first and foremost, um, executes a purpose, right? And the purpose is to help bring value to loss prevention industry. So you guys can keep your customers and employees safer 
and you lose less, right? And we do that through awareness, right? My company does mainly awareness and training for retailers, grocers, footprints of all kinds, which is fun and creative and, and really that core of the messaging piece. And then we started the Talk LP thing um, 2019, 2020, which is a super great year, start something new. But, you know, we're like, let's let's do something fun. And so we started the podcast, the virtual events, and now we've got Apex that's, that is in person, which is super cool. And so to sum that huge, long story up, it's just really about, um, I fell in love with the industry and my passion is to give back in any way that we really can to help you guys do your jobs because it's gotta be pretty daunting keeping all of these employees and customers safe, especially with the increase in violence with ORC and active shooters. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel like the awareness piece is a is a small piece of that in your formula, um, but I, I respect, the role immensely and it's uh we just want to do anything we can to uh promote it support it so am i off track like super That's fascinating i would have expected that you would have had this career doing who knows what in marketing and media and then found your way by happenstance into loss prevention but you've been here the whole time yeah it's been a long time it's been like oh how old am i i'm gonna be 45 this year yikes um, still don't color my hair though. So super stoked about that. Me neither. I know, right? Yeah. Right. Who cares? So, <laughs> so ever, all these chicks out there, like she's lying. Um, <laughs> I'm not anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long time. It's been 20 years and I honestly feel I've been honored and humbled to be a spectator, a journalistic view of kind of like helping you guys, um, grab some value, whether it's in a virtual event or in person or helping your employees know what the heck shrink is and know what a suspicious behavior is. So yeah, there we are. That's us. That's really cool. <laughs> I, I just, I mean, I've seems like I've known you forever, but I just had, I had no idea uh, that you've been attached to the industry for, for essentially your entire career as well. That's really, yes. really cool. Well, in this new foray and in what you've done in the past, you have been asking questions upon questions upon questions and providing all kinds of answers for us too. But among all of those questions, what is the one question that you're always most excited to ask? Yeah, it's cool. Um, so, and it may sound boring, but I'll tell you why it's not. So I obviously in the podcast interview a bunch of people and I just did another one yesterday and and I always ask people, what, is, what are the leadership principles they have lived by? Like in whatever role they're in, executive or director or regional. And I never hear the same thing twice, which is incredible. Like when you think about it, you know, you Google leadership principles, right? And you got 10 maybe, right? But it's just incredible to hear and get inside the brain of all of the different executives that we've, we've talked to and I've interviewed and even for, you know, print magazine when I used to do that. And it's, it's just incredible to see how people have crafted their career, whether mm -hmm. it's been linear or it's been, you know, well, I went here and did operations. I went there and did this and went there. And it's just like to get into their mindset, you know, it's some people that plan, you know, from when they were 10, how they're mm -hmm. going to get there. And then you have other people that said, I don't know. I just, figured out I'd learn it or something. And yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, it, so, so that's, what's cool because I never know what they're going to say. Cause 
on the unscripted side of LP, right? I I give them some semblance of questions, but then it's on there. They're on their own, and it and it's fascinating, you know, especially to to hear from so many that have had such great careers. That's awesome. I love that. So next on my list, I have the question: What are the leadership principles that you live by? No, you're like, <laughs> that's funny. That's um yes. So there's a couple, but they're super cliche. I don't know how academic they get, right? Um, mine, there's probably a, a top three, right? One for me is just never, never stop learning, you know, mm-hmm. especially about yourself, about mostly about yourself, because there are reasons you do certain things, like how to be vulnerable in certain situations, but not vulnerable in others. I mean, so to me, it's a constant learning, like, I'm I'm a big reader. Like when I retire, all I'm going to do is read. I'm going to sit by fire or sit by the beach or whatever and read. Like I've I've all all these books I can't wait to finish, right? Um but one the one I'm reading right now is called 4000 Weeks, which is basically all you have on this planet. <laughs> so it's super uplifting. No, but it wow. talks about yeah, right? Hearing it like that, you're like, "Whoa." Um it talks about being more intentional about time. I mean, I'm I'm super you know, fortunate in the fact that it's, you know, it's no longer money that's motivating. It's more like value and time. So you're like, okay, how do I make sure that I'm making the most of my time on this planet, right? For my family, for, you know, value that I'm putting out to the industry. Um, so that's one for sure. Constant learning. Um, two would be uh, what goes around comes around. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because if you live your life a certain way, then you get it back. And I've been, you know, the recipient of that, but also seen it. Right. Um, and it's just so true. Right. Uh, there's never been more truer words spoken in my, uh, realm, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's, I don't know if it's leadership as much as life lessons is to mm-hmm. say, you know, treat others as you'd like to be treated. I think that's a big deal. I don't understand a lot of the, uh, cutthroat stuff that goes on. You know, because it's like there's it's a big industry. There's lots of value we can give to everybody. Um, so I don't know. Like that's that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, you would maybe expect a more academic answer from a, you know, master's degree and all that stuff. But to me, the more um, the more you live, the more you realize that it just boils down to those certain things. So I think that's I think that's remarkable, Amber. I like that a lot. Um, and uh, and principle. You know, when we all have principles that we live by, uh, when you pick them out that way. And uh, they just make you more human, number one. They make you a better human. So I appreciate that. I love to read as well. I read really slowly. So there's a lot of books uh, on the list that I'll get to, maybe even yeah. not before I retire, uh, <laughs> or even when I'm not, I'm unretired, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> anyways, so what's the book that you've read three or more times? Probably The Shack. Oh, yeah, right on. Yeah. Is it Stephen, Stephen King? No, no. Uh, the shack. I don't know who. I don't know who wrote it. Is it about a cabin in the woods? Yes, but it. Yes, but it's about a guy whose daughter gets killed in, in a horrible way, and he's turned away from God. And then he comes back and he visits the shack, and the shack shows him all of the faces that God could be. Right. And I'm before you hang up, folks. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm super religious. Obviously, I'm a preacher's kid. Everyone knows that, I think. Um, But my dad was very cool. He wasn't like, you know, some nutcase. Not that preachers are nutcases. Here we go. I'm off the rails. But you know how they do. They're like, oh, the preacher's kid's always the worst. I mean, how many times have I heard that? But 
I had a I had a wonderful wonderful parents that helped me stay centered and not be you know crazy. So I'm not super super religious, but I'll tell you the shack is a perfect representation of how your spirituality can be fulfilling in any way that it comes to you, which I think is phenomenal, right? So I love it. And there's a movie. So for those that don't want to read the book, but you read the book first and then the movie second. But yeah, I love that book. There you go. That's, Jeff That's good. Well, thank you for sharing. Yes. Um, uh, I don't know why I thought it was Stephen King. There's got to yeah. be some <laughs> kind of reference there because I can picture the cover of that book. And that's why I knew yeah. it was a cabin in the woods. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It, it's a really good one. It might be on my bookshelf and I haven't read it yet. Yeah, so. maybe you're halfway through it. <laughs> maybe, maybe I am. Too funny. There's so many that I'm halfway through because I'll go to the bookstore when I'm traveling. Those bookstores, they just suck me in. And then I'm like, ooh, this would be really good. You know, and I don't read much fiction at all. It's more like business and self-improvement books just because I find that to be more, I guess, uh, useful for your time. Um, so I don't know. I mean, there's a million. So as a trained investigator, I'm also learning you like to hold a book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't understand these electronic things. I really don't. Like, I would say seeing everything that's happening with social media, like if our society went back to a typewriter, I'd be stoked. You know, that's where I'm at. I'm not a big tech adopter. I do it, but I'm not, you know, I like social media to stay connected, but there's too many bad parts of it i would say that you know i like a typewriter i'm a big fan we all went back to type like remember mailing a letter to somebody and they got to see your handwriting it's very personal i do that still you send a letter you send a thank you note my I mom too. taught me right you send thank you notes right with a stamp with a stamp. a stamp i used to have this thing that you sealed it you got the the wax and you drip it on there and you stamp it that's a little extreme but it's good King arthur Yes, yes, it's back out of the days. I got it in England when I was there. It's a steamy drip the wax. Try that out, folks. Millennials are like, what is she talking about? What's like a stamp? Wax, wax on a what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So besides me, most memorable guest you've ever had on my podcast. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Dominique Wilkins was pretty awesome. Like, cause he's a total badass for sure. I would say, and I think that answer also helps not get me in trouble with anyone. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you know his life, um, he's an incredible human. Like, it's crazy, and he was just, he was really receptive because I had watched his. They have a thirty of thirty that mm -hmm. ESPN thing on him, and so I'd watched it right before. I'd watched it before, but I brushed up on it right before I interviewed him, and I was like. And then you had to leave and come back. And he, I mean, he was just into it. And um, he's just a really cool, a really cool dude. So that's awesome. That besides was pretty good. Besides me. Well, that's why I, I didn't want you to feel bad yeah, about but... that. Because I just took that off the table. <laughs> Take it off the table. Yeah. <laughs> so, of, you know, you've done a lot of this. Tell us about a time, and you don't have to name names, but tell us about a time something really went sideways. Ooh. Ooh. You mean like in an interview? Yeah. Oh. Like maybe, maybe you didn't even produce it because it was so sideways. Oh yeah. No. I mean, what's really cool is most people do their research before they come on to know, like it is the unscripted side. So I may go a little off topic, uh, particularly, but 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I um sideways. I think the only thing sideways really that because my guests are so cool. I mean, you guys know, right? You got all these people, they know how to talk to the press, they know how to talk in a box, like they got you, right? So I think the only sideways thing would be someone maybe saying, and then they came to the store with an AR and we were like, what the hell? And they're like, oh, can you, can you take that out? But what's really cool, and maybe people know or don't know about the podcast is we, it's totally unscripted. First of all, we don't do any editing at all. So that's a tribute to the guests because they're super on their feet. I'm constantly impressed with them, right? Because they don't ever seem nervous. I never watch them back because I don't like the sound of my voice, but when I hear it like recorded, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a boring answer, but I, I don't know. You said truth. So. So it is unscripted. And I did ask you, did you want to know the questions? And you said no. And so <laughs> this is completely, completely unscripted. So, That's yeah. right. That's how completely we roll. Unscripted. All right. Um, so Amber, when you think back, uh, you talked about your parents a little bit, and that was pretty cool to hear about. Um, who else in your life really has inspired you? Like who, who helps you be you? When you oh, think man. You're trying to make me cry. What are you, Barbara Walters? Like trying to put me in the hot seat to make me cry? Oh, man. Okay. Um, so for me, I we have a lot going on, right? I mean, with all, all that we do with RLPSA and Talk LP and, and everything with the company. And, you know, I have, a, I have a daughter. I have bonus kids, right? So there's a lot going on. And I honestly wouldn't be me or wouldn't even be able to do what I do without my husband, David George. I mean, he... He keeps me upheld like nothing. I mean, I'm talking about, I wouldn't even pay my mortgage if it wasn't for him because I'm so focused on the work, right? And my family. So, but there's lots of other things that go on. And, you know, he he helps, you know, he, he we have a real estate company and he runs that as well, which is nice. And so, you know, he's kind of preparing our life, you know, like making sure that we are, you know, going to retire someday, uh, things like that. So yeah, I mean, I, I can't say enough about like how I wouldn't even be doing this um, if it wasn't for him. So before I cry, that's it. Shout out to David. That's all you get. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. And so I'll wrap up here by asking you about your dreams. What do you, you talked about, you said retirement maybe three times. Yeah. So, so it's on the mind. Um, but like, what do you, what do you dream about for you, David, and your family? Um, you know, when you think about like, what are the things that you really, you know, aspire for? Yeah. I mean, I think with, with anybody, when you get to this age, nothing I'm old, right. There's still a lot left, but at the same time, you know, running your own company is like dog years. Like it really mm -hmm. feels that way. What's nice is it you're fine with it because you love it and you love what you're doing. But I think anybody, you get to this season of life and you want to have a legacy. You want to think about, you know, what people are going to remember you for. And, you know, for me, it's, it's that we did a, we did a thing. We did a lot of value to an industry that helps keep people safe and, you know, understand how to keep business going, you know, um, shrink low and all those things. But, you know, I think that in a legacy is super cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, you think about, setting yourself up to enjoy your life and how time nowadays is the most precious commodity that we have. And it's kind of like, okay, well, 
you know, I want to make sure that I'm there. Like if, if my daughter decides to play basketball or she wants to be a runner or whatever, she's going into middle school, which is critical time, right? That it's like, okay, I want to be there for her. So if you think about dreams, you know, it's being able to create a companies, companies that we have that can co can, can accomplish the mission that we have while I am still there for my family and doing those things that I want to do, like enjoying my life, playing some pickleball, I don't know, traveling, reading, but also being able to, you know, have companies that exist and good people behind us. And we've got some great people like Ryan Baus and the company and, you know, does some great work. And, you know, we're, look, we're, we're looking to expand that team and, and continue to create awesome, amazing things for the industry while I can breathe and go to my daughter's basketball games. If that's, what we're doing. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's really what everyone wants, right? It's like this ultimate balance, which I hate that work-life balance. You know, it's like, okay, it's really not. I mean, okay. is it really ever? No. It's integration. It's work-life yes. integration. Work-life integration, you know, which is why we have our own company. Cause we can, I can work at three in the morning if I want to. Right. So you know, it's just, it's, it's a wonderful life that we are so uh, absolutely grateful for and grateful to the industry for, you know, allowing us and to do it and be re being receptive to it. So yeah, I don't know. How's that? <laughs> That's awesome. Look, it's great. Um, really proud of you and for you. Uh, you've done so much for our industry for so long. And uh, on behalf of everyone out here who get to watch you all the time, do what you do to help us be better. I want to thank you. Oh really, my, see, stop really, it. Very, very <laughs> thankful. So if you thank hope you. that your mission is making a difference, please know that it is. Um, and uh, it really does. And you, so you've been able to find this integration where you can still live your life and still support ours. So uh, we love you, Amber. We're very thankful for you. And uh, I hope you. you'll tune in to my very next I episode of Talk LP, where <laughs> I will have... Amazing guests. An amazing guest. <laughs> David Lund might be on next. Yes. You know. Yes. Talking about, you know, how, what it feels like to be a store operator. Like, I think that would be cool. That's a great topic. I think. Could be a great topic. <laughs> well, thanks for having everyone. me on. We'll see you next time. Take care of yourself and we'll see you later. We're out. Like we do it.